Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today I have a question for you. On your screen right now is a picture of ex-Ohio State football coach Urban Meyer seeking solace in a piece of pizza after a particularly tough college football loss. Is he a public figure for this purpose? Does he have a reasonable expectation of privacy? Does that second question even matter? If you think maybe the answer to either of those questions is yes, maybe. How about this person? Does this person calling the cops on someone in a park have a reasonable expectation of privacy? Are they a public figure? Either way, their picture is on Twitter. Or maybe just to raise the temperature a notch, how about this person? Is this person a public figure? Is this person entitled to an expectation of privacy? Are they a private individual? The reason I ask all of these questions is because Twitter has come out with one of the more bonkers policies that I have seen on the platform since the start of this channel and virtual legality. Now, it was only yesterday when we covered Twitter as it announced a new CEO as former CEO Jack Dorsey stepped down. And I asked the question, is what this new CEO says to folks like MIT a problem for Twitter retaining its liability shield. And I pointed to an MIT Technology Review interview transcript that talked about the fact that this new CEO wanted to focus specifically on credible sources as ascertaining truth, on wanting to steer the conversation, on wanting to direct eyeballs in a way that I felt potentially implicated whether or not Twitter should actually be entitled to the protections that the Communications Decency Act Section 230 affords as part of the social media liability shield. If you're interested in that topic, please do check out that video. We're going to be talking about those questions today, but it was to my surprise that not one day into his tenure as running one of the biggest social media platforms on earth, we get this. Twitter safety, 9.04 a.m. November 30th, 2021. Sharing images is an important part of folks' experience on Twitter. People should have a choice in determining whether or not a photo is shared publicly. To that end, we are expanding the scope of our private information policy. Beginning today, we will not allow the sharing of private media, such as images or videos of private individuals without their consent. Publishing people's private info is also prohibited under the policy, as is threatening or incentivizing others to do so. Now, Twitter being what it is, of course, this is a limited amount of information for this purpose, but we can take a few things from just these posts. One, Twitter is using the terms private media and private information differently. Secondly, they're using a term that we haven't seen defined before at all in private individuals that one just reading this tweet could assume means the opposite of a public figure, which would imply that every single photo of a non-public figure could be subject to this policy and violations could result in some significant issues. So I was immediately interested in this topic because as we've talked about in virtual legality before, as we've gone through terms and conditions for YouTube and Ubisoft and Twitter and Twitch and all of these different companies, as I have said, the power lives in ambiguity. These tech companies love 
to write their policies and procedures, not with what we would consider legalese, but with plain English that doesn't go through the steps of defining terms or explaining what the heck they're talking about, all for the purpose of being able to avail themselves of those policies when they deign to do so. Usually, however, these companies take the step of at least looking like their rules are neutral, are quantifiable in some fashion. Of course, going back to the article we read yesterday, Agrigual, the new CEO of Twitter, is very clear that he doesn't think Twitter is some kind of neutral location. I'm not saying we're a neutral party to this whole conversation. We want to steer the conversation. It's our role to direct people's attention, forget about free speech. We need to think about how the times have changed, et cetera, et cetera. And this goes into effect today, immediately, without further comment or Twitter listening to any of the concerns that really kind of lit their own platform on fire in the last few hours. But we like to give the benefit of the doubt here. I've already kind of given the spoiler warning for how I feel about this policy, but we do have some documents to review and I'm going to read through them. The first is a blog post. What's important to understand about these two sets of documents, and again, this is another thing that social media platforms or tech companies like to do, is they like to put things in blog form that look like they might be legally actionable, look like they might be promises from these companies, but actually aren't. This is a commentary on what their new rules are. So this actually isn't the legal rule, but we're still going to read it because it's important to get a feel for where Twitter is coming from and how they even misunderstand their own rule that they've put into place today. So let's look at this blog post. Expanding our private information policy to include media, for our purposes, that's photos and videos. Under our existing policy, publishing other people's private information, such as phone numbers, addresses, and IDs, is already not allowed on Twitter. So that's already covered under the current rules on the platform. But... There are growing concerns, says Twitter, about the misuse of media and information that is not available elsewhere online as a tool to harass, intimidate, and reveal the identities of individuals. Sharing personal media, such as images or videos, can potentially violate a person's privacy and may lead to emotional or physical harm, says the platform. Now, it's important to understand here that Twitter already has an abuse policy. What is happening today is going beyond that policy, as we will see as part of this language. The misuse of private media can affect everyone, but can have a disproportionate effect on women, activists, dissidents, and members of minority communities. When we receive a report that a tweet contains unauthorized private media, we will now take action in line with our range of enforcement options. Now, this is significantly broader than what the legal rule will actually wind up saying here. But it's important to note, when they use the phrase, our range of enforcement options, it's everything you think of right down to account level suspensions for repeated violation of rules happening at the account level. Now, we'll have to try to make this statement and this one in the blog post work with what they actually put in their rule set. But Put a pin in that because this is an inaccurate description of the rule they actually put forth today, but they've now got this in a blog post and ultimately Twitter is going to be the final arbiter of all of this stuff. While our existing policies and Twitter rules cover explicit instances of abusive behavior, so all of this up here is pretty much unnecessary, this update will allow us to take action on media that is shared without 
any explicit abusive content, provided it is posted without the consent of the person depicted. Understand what they are doing here. We've got rules about hacked materials on Twitter. We've got rules about abusing someone, fomenting harassment, using media and images and notes of all kinds to affect harassment. They say that might be a problem with media, but we don't want to limit it to that. So you don't need to have any abusive content. This will be a blanket rule that says, if someone is depicted in a photo you post and they don't want to be, we're going to take it down. We're going to do these bad things and potentially, depending on how you use this somewhat wrongful statement, do more to your account. What is in violation of this policy? We scroll past the information references to new media of private individuals without the permission of the person depicted. This will ultimately be the rule and they're going to put a lot of snowy language to confuse you in the actual information statement itself. So just keep in mind, the actual rule is that media of private individuals without that depicted individual's consent can be taken down or otherwise a violation. What is a violation of this policy? Putting up media of private individuals without their consent. Now, reporting becomes a completely separate question, but when you do it, it's a violation and Twitter's gonna have the right to act upon that violation that they reserve for themselves for violators of their policies and procedures. When private information or media has been shared on Twitter, we need a first person report or a report from an authorized representative in order to make the determination that the image or video has been shared without their permission. So they need a first person report. We're gonna get to this a little bit further as we talk about it because there is no reference to how the first person nature of this reporting might otherwise be verified by the service, but there are other issues as well. Note, however, that they've included media up here when they're technically talking about generalized behaviors, and then they've got another paragraph on sharing private media just to really clarify things for everybody. Everybody feel clear about all this? We haven't even gotten started. When we are notified by individuals depicted or by an authorized representative, we'll talk about that as well, that they did not consent to having their private image or video shared, we will remove it. This policy is not applicable to media featuring public figures, that's why I asked the question, or individuals when media and accompanying tweet text are shared in the public interest or add value to the public discourse. Now, I promised you we were only going to talk about this blog post as commentary on the actual rule, but this is all going to come up again. And if you look at that, if you read that and say, that's about 600 different areas of discretion for Twitter, determining what is in the public interest, what is in the public discourse, what adds value to that discourse, who's a public figure. And you recognize the amount of times on Twitter, I could have picked out 6,000 different photos of people sharing pictures that include other people on Twitter just from the Michigan win on Saturday, then you realize that Twitter has given itself this unlimited authority to essentially declare war on virtually anyone that uses their platform. Now I say virtually because there's a major exception that doesn't make a lot of sense in the context of the rule that we're gonna be talking about in just a second. Now we recognize that there are instances where account holders may share images or videos of private individuals in an effort to help someone involved in a crisis situation, such as in the aftermath of a violent event, or as part of a newsworthy event due to public interest value. And this might outweigh the safety risks to a person. Now, of course, 
I've highlighted the weasel language here of might. Twitter doesn't want to commit to anything here. But just think about this scenario in a different context. We're not actually going to see this paragraph represented in the rule itself. So we're going to talk about it here. In this context, we already know how the rule works. They need a first-person account of someone that's depicted in a photo or video that doesn't want to be there on Twitter. They call Twitter up. They send in a report. They say, I don't want to be there. And Twitter has reserved the possibility that if someone was trying to help another individual in a crisis situation, presumably that crisis situation has abated, and that person, that victim, that individual otherwise involved says, okay, take me down off your platform, the public interest value might outweigh the safety risks to that person. Does that make a lot of sense to you? It doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but Twitter wants to make sure its bases are covered here. So basically, they can take down whatever they want and they can refuse to take down whatever else they want. And whether or not being deemed a violator of this particular rule can result in the loss of your account or other bad things happening to you remains question mark, question mark, question mark. A little bit more weasel language for you. We will always try to assess the content context in which the content is shared, and we may allow the images or videos to remain on the service. For instance, we would take into consideration whether the image is publicly available. Presumably what they mean there, and this is the lawyer in me, is publicly available outside of our platform, since otherwise it's publicly available as soon as someone posts it to Twitter. That's the nature of the beast. And or, and here's the big one, and this one's actually going to be written even bigger in the rule itself, is being covered by mainstream slash traditional media, newspapers, TV channels, online news sites, etc. Is virtual legality an online news site? I don't know. I don't generate these photos. I don't think I'm mainstream media. Leave your thoughts in the comments to this video, but you can see what this does effectively. This is a blanket exception to the rule. It applies to everyone on the platform with the exception of lowercase m mainstream and lowercase t traditional media fully within the purview of Twitter's determinations, matching up entirely with the notion that people need to rely on credible sources to determine truth and resulting in a situation where we've got Twitter effectively elevating mainstream media above people that are actually perhaps better situated to report on various things. Or if a particular image and the accompanying tweet text adds value to the public discourse is being shared in the public interest, or is relevant to the community. Note, they can't even stay consistent with the language we just read. Relevant to the community didn't appear before, and it's difficult to imagine how that's distinct from the public interest or public discourse. Doesn't matter, because Twitter's just throwing phrases out there that they could potentially attach to an email or press release if they needed to do so. But to just put the cherry on top of the Sunday, and again, we haven't gotten to the legal rules yet, they want to know, we gave you this blog post in an effort to be transparent and to continue to earn the trust of the people using our service. Please pull the other one, Twitter. But let's talk about the rule itself. Their private information policy. Now, as we noted in the blog post, the very first thing we have to consider here is that this is no longer a private information policy as Twitter is using these terms. This is a private information and private media policy. We'll see them split in various places, including in the first couple of paragraphs. You may not publish or post other people's private information. In addition, you may not share private media such as images or videos of private individuals without their consent. And I know a lot of you come into my videos and ask me about coloration. And I've told folks when I highlight things, for the most part, I'm just setting off provisions with yellow kind of being the base. And then I'm using other colors to establish how I'm reading sentences. This is going to be a little bit different. There is so much garbage 
in this private information policy that isn't actually the legal rule that they intend to impose, that I've highlighted in orange the rule as I see it, as Twitter seems to have put forth here. Now, this orange is a little bit extra because this is all technically overview and isn't specifically the rule itself, but it does use language that mirrors what the rule is. So I'm highlighting it because this is what they actually say. You may not share private media such as images or videos of private individuals without their consent. However, we recognize that there are instances where users may share images or videos of private individuals who are not public figures as part of a newsworthy event or to further public discourse on issues or events of public interest. Back to the rule, in such cases, we may allow the media to remain on the platform. Not much of a rule there in retrospect, more of a guideline you might hear in Pirates of the Caribbean or elsewhere. Note how they framed this middle sentence, which I didn't highlight all of, by the way. We recognize there are instances where users may share images or videos of private individuals who are not public figures. Is that a defined term now? Is, is the definition that Twitter is attempting to put forth for private individuals not public figures? That kind of matches intuitively with how, how I think people are reading this. Or are they just trying to establish poorly that if you're a public figure, none of this applies to you, which we will see is in fact the case. And so we only need to talk about it as related to not public figures. That makes less sense. But we're going to see how Twitter uses language in this policy to make it seem like this particular rule is not as bad as it actually is. Again, follow the orange. And we're going to skip all these information questions because they don't relate to what we're talking about. This is about you know social security numbers and whatnot. Posting images is an important part of our user's experience on Twitter, not part of a legal rule, right? Thank you. We're very happy that you feel that way, Twitter. Let's move to the next part. Where individuals have a reasonable expectation of privacy in an individual piece of media, we believe they should be able to determine whether or not it is shared. Now, here's the second place where you might say that's a definition of private individual. Note, however, you don't see the term private individual here. And I haven't highlighted it in orange because it's effectively a belief statement. By Twitter, where individuals have a reasonable expectation of privacy in an individual piece of media, we believe they should be able to determine whether or not it is shared. That implies that this is only going to actually apply to folks that have a reasonable expectation of privacy. Taking a photo from a drone over the hedge that is otherwise covering their house, maybe inside a car window or elsewise, are what we're talking about if we're Twitter. That's what they want to imply here. They want to put you in a very specific mindset that I'm going to be talking about in answer to some of the questions I got on Twitter but it's not actually what they say. The closest to defining this term comes up here. Private individuals who, who are not public figures is the definition. And then they say some stuff about reasonable expectations of privacy. But remember, that doesn't appear in the actual sentence we saw in the blog post, and it won't appear in the actual rule. They have more belief statements. Sharing such media could potentially violate users' privacy and may lead to emotional or physical harm. When we are notified by individuals depicted, here's the rule, or their authorized representative, that they did not consent to having media shared, we will remove the media. There is no reference to reasonable expectation of privacy. When we are notified by individuals depicted that they did not consent to being in that media that was shared, we will remove the media. Note also how poor the legal drafting is here, because we already know from the blog post, there's a series of exceptions to this kind of concept, but they don't appear in the rule as written. 
There is one modifier that happens after that rule, which is the policy is not applicable to public figures, which is, of course, determined solely by Twitter. I don't know whether Urban Meyer is a public figure. I know his name. I want to say that he is. Certainly, he's a limited purpose public figure. If we start talking about defamation law and things, if not a full-blown public figure, but is he a public figure to Twitter? I have no idea. Worse, that's the only exception to this rule as written. And we have to go down and down and down to find other exceptions that don't really narrow the scope of individuals depicted, don't want to be there, we'll remove it. And what that does to things on Twitter, if you post a photo of a Michigan football game, if you post a photo of twins or lookalike actors, if you post a photo of deepfakes or parodies or memes and the person depicted actually shows up and says, take that down, what is Twitter going to do? Sounds like they're going to take it down, but they're also going to reserve for themselves the ability to decide later on whether they want to take that down. Now, I've highlighted this part about information as a rule. It's not actually pertinent to the media rule, but I want to highlight exactly how stupid this is, even from a kind of functional perspective. Let's say you're looking at this and saying, Rick, you're out of your mind. This is a good idea. I'm worried about people's privacy in the background of photos, wherever it might be. Totally. Okay. Let's talk about how stupid Twitter is. What is in violation of this policy? Well, you can't share the following types of private information. We skip a few. Media of private individuals without the permission of the persons depicted What is not in violation of this policy? Sharing information that we don't consider to be private. Now that's the full stop rule. That's the part that's only highlighted in orange because if you've been in virtual legality for a while, you know, including just means here are some things that we think are in that list. It's not everything in that list, but let's look at what Twitter specifically allows. We are allowed to share name, birth date, age, place of education, employment, location information related to commercial properties or businesses, Descriptions of physical appearance, gossip, rumors, accusations, allegations, screenshots of text messages or messages from other platforms. It is not a violation of your privacy to describe what's in a photo that you otherwise want to share while simultaneously using text messages that might not appear anywhere else and including a name, birth date, place of education, and more. That's worse than sharing a photo that someone doesn't like. For media, the following are not in violation of our policy. So we got the main rule. Someone's depicted, they can take it down. What's not in violation? The following. If the media is publicly available, and I commented on this with respect to the blog post, this is terrible lawyering, terrible. If you're writing something like this, this kind of mirrors an exception to a non-disclosure agreement. You always write it to say media is publicly available from someone other than you, (laughs) not on our platform or is being covered by mainstream media. Now, a couple of things you might notice here. The word traditional didn't get included in the rule itself, didn't get a parenthetical, didn't otherwise get referenced. We're only talking about whatever Twitter thinks is mainstream media. Do you know? I don't know. We'll get back to that question a little bit, but this is really where the rubber hits the road here because we're gonna read the other bullets and we'll see how this exception is entirely unnecessary, even if you agree with the philosophy that Twitter is espousing here. Because what else is not a violation? The media and the accompanying tweet text add value to the public discourse or are shared in the public interest. If it contains eyewitness accounts or on the ground reports from developing events, presumably that's limited to video. You might want to make that clarification in the future, Twitter. I can't imagine there's a photo with like a caption of eyewitness accounts that makes the background imagery okay, but who knows? 
or the subject of the media is a public figure. Now that was already covered in the main rule, but it was so nice they decided to do it twice because I honestly don't know who's lawyering for them on this kind of stuff, but they've got problems. And that main philosophical problem for the mainstream media exception is at the point where you've got these other not violations of the policy, you have to think of them as otherwise fulfilled or or not fulfilled in order to even get to the mainstream media exception, right? So we're talking about media that doesn't add value to the public discourse, that wasn't shared in the public interest, that doesn't contain eyewitness accounts or on the ground reports. And the mainstream media still needs an exception, even if all of those things are true. Why? Because credible sources, man. Twitter wants to not be the arbiter of truth, just be the arbiter of who is the arbiter of truth. Completely different distinction, entirely, entirely warranted that they get that liability shield for this kind of crap. But outside of all of that, outside of the fact that they're determining what adds value, what public discourse is, what public interest is, what developing events are, who's a public figure, who's mainstream media, and who's not, the rule still doesn't make any sense to include this exception. It's just designed to give Twitter the ability to do whatever the heck it likes. Now, who can report violations of this policy? Well, anyone can report private information that has been shared in a clearly abusive way. I note that not because it relates to the question at hand of the new changes here, but because it chose, it highlights how bad this lawyering is, right? Sharing private information is different from sharing private media. And yet, instead of putting in the rule that anyone can report private information or private media that is abusive, which by the way, is basically the baseline rule on Twitter. They limit that to private information. And then they highlight here that you need this kind of first person authority if there isn't abusive intent. And that's what they base their sharing private media stuff on. When reporting media, we need that first person report. Effectively saying, hey, are you getting abused by a photo? Then we don't know what to do. We have to go to the other policy because we didn't write it correctly where you might otherwise look for this policy. They don't include this abusive concept at all in sharing private media. Instead, they say when reporting private media, we need a first person report in order to make the determination that the image or video has been shared without their permission. We accept reports from the individuals depicted or their authorized representatives, such as lawyers, parents, legal guardians, legal representatives. But a couple of things pop out here. I promised I'd come back to this, right? One, how do you know? How are you verifying that the individual is depicted? What do you do? with lookalikes. If somebody looks exactly like, oh, I don't know, Harrison Ford and is doing Harrison Ford type stuff, can Harrison Ford ask to have that media removed? He's a public figure, maybe? I don't know. He's not in politics. He's not looking to change the world. Is he a public figure for purposes of Twitter media depictions? That's an open question to be answered by our new leader, the new CEO of Twitter, apparently. Or how do you know an authorized representative has authorization? You're going to be asking for proxies? powers of attorney. Parents aren't always on the same page as their kids. Can't say the same for legal guardians either. Lawyers, legal representatives, and this is a such as list. What other authorized representatives are you planning to take orders from? How are you going to answer the question of who's allowed to take these things down and determining that the person is actually the one depicted in the piece of media? And let's look at it from the opposite side. Right? If you're looking at a rule like this and you believe in what Twitter's doing here, you think this is a good idea. You have to be on the service to get this removed. You actually have to be a Twitter person in order to have this image removed. You have to get a report to them how through their app, through their website. They say you can tell them it's abusive or harmful, but this is all about not being abusive or harmful. 
It says you can select includes private information, but this media stuff is specifically not private information. They went forward with this policy before even making sure that their back end made a damn bit of sense for what they're asking people to actually report to them. And so there is no reason to believe that Twitter's on top of its game with any of this. They've reserved the right to be completely discretionary on all these points to the benefit of primarily one stakeholder, and that's legacy mainstream media. And they don't even have reporting tools that make any sense here. So the end of the day, I look at all of this stuff and I say, well, there is no possible way that Twitter intends to enforce this rule as written that says it is a violation of our policy. If we are notified by individuals depicted that they did not consent to having media shared, we will remove the media. That, that the policy, the rule itself is you aren't allowed to post those photos. Everybody on the platform is going to be posting photos that are violative of this. It's just a matter of whether a report is actually filed. And then it's a matter of whether Twitter thinks it's a problem. And then it's a matter of whether Twitter thinks it's in value of the public discourse, or maybe if you are quote unquote mainstream media that nevertheless looks like you're not adding any value to the public discourse, that's fine with Twitter. You don't need to add value. You're the mainstream media. Everybody knows you don't do that. And so we're left with a policy that is the worst I have seen from a platform of this type transparently. So I guess they get credit for that designed to give them more power, more authority, and more discretion in exactly the way we were warned of when we looked at Agarwal's interviews. He wants to have a role in moving towards how we recommend content, what we do about that content, how we direct people's attention, who gets amplified and who gets squashed. They view their role as changing the conversation and controlling that conversation in a way that I find, frankly, to be very unhealthy. And I'll probably be getting off the platform, even though I think if you avoid most of these issues, there is value to be had in having good conversations with well-meaning folks. And that's the real sad part about reporting on stuff like this. Now, I promised you I'd be finishing off this video answering a few questions. I did get a number. A lot of people were interested in what I had to say on this. I was tweeting about this, ironically, right? I get one from Matt Demers who says, I mean, it reads it's a revenge port application kind of thing, but it's worded so vaguely that it's a mess. With esports, which is Mr. Demers here particular interest, sometimes spectators are competitors. Can you make the argument then that those people are public figures? The answer to that question is you can make whatever argument you want. I would tend to believe that if you're at an esports competition participating in it for the purposes of pictures of that competition, you're a public figure. And for purposes of pictures of you eating a burrito at the Chipotle, you probably aren't. But I'm just guessing at to the internal mental work of Twitter, its handlers, its lawyers, its CEO, and ultimately Twitter gets to determine whether they're right or wrong. So I can't promise you anything there. The other thing I wanted to comment with respect to this particular note is the concept that it does read like it's a revenge porn application kind of thing, right? It's intended to. It's intended with this language, private media, private individuals, to invoke in you the concept that what we are talking about is a stolen sex tape. And that, of course, somebody that appears in that and didn't want to be distributed on Twitter should have the ability to say, no, get that off of there. Because most people can agree it's a bad thing. It's a violation, at least emotionally, if not legally, depending on the jurisdiction that you're in. And Twitter doesn't want to be a part of it. And people can get behind that, I think, to some extent. But... It's not the rule. The rule doesn't invoke any of those kinds of things. It's much broader than that. 
right? You may not share private media without their consent, period. It specifically doesn't have to be abusive. It doesn't have to be explicit. It doesn't have to be harmful. This is just about, eh, we don't want to be on Twitter. We can ask you to take it down regardless of anything else. The rule is so much broader than that, but I agree entirely with the commentary that that's what they want you to think about when they are talking about this particular change. I also got a question from Mr. Demers says, hey, I mean, isn't this a Section 230 issue at this point? To which I had to answer specifically no, at least in its application today, right? I talked about this yesterday. I talked about the fact that the new CEO talking about algorithmic promotion could potentially run afoul of treating Twitter as its own information content provider for basically everything it does on the service. And that remains an interesting question. But if there is one thing protected by Section 230, it's removal, it's restriction, it's taking things down. The interesting question yesterday was promotion. This is about removal, and 230 is very specific about this. No provider of an interactive computer service, which, which Twitter undoubtedly is, shall be held liable on any action taken in good faith to restrict access to material otherwise objectionable. Twitter has put forth at least a colorable good faith claim that they view this kind of thing as necessary for human rights reasons, and so they are restricting access to material they find objectionable. This is kind of maximally Section 230 protective, or that's exactly what I said. Removal is as flatly protected by 230 as absolutely anything, so they are well within the shield. It may well be an issue for whether that shield survives crap like this, though, right? It's one thing to say that, yes, they get this protection. It's an entirely another thing to say when the governments of the world, when the regulators of the world look at this kind of thing, that this doesn't call into question how this section of an existing law operates. And as we talked about yesterday, when the law is in question, as it is already, and you do this kind of thing, you're asking to have this kind of protection removed. You're asking to have bad things happen to you. And quite frankly, I think they will. Finally, one last question before we get done with, again, what I think is one of the worst policies I've ever seen. Does the photo in the Washington Post tweet that includes who they describe as a commoner violate Twitter's new policy? To which I have to answer, and you probably already know the answer to this now, no. I don't know who the mainstream press is to Twitter, but I'm pretty positive it includes the Washington Post. So the Washington Post doesn't have to add value to the discourse, doesn't have to have a good reason for posting it, can post anything they like for any reason they want. And this particular new policy specifically doesn't apply to them. It only applies to you or me. And so if you were to repost that, you might have a problem. It might be publicly available at that point in time. But if posting something on Twitter makes it publicly available, that calls into question the other half of the rule that actually does affect you or me. So there's a whole host of things that Twitter could do. And frankly, they could justify it under whatever they wanted to do. They could take yours down. They could leave the other person's up for reasons that are beyond my ken because that's how they wrote the rule. So yes, they have the right to do this under Section 230. I have the right to say this is the stupidest thing I have ever seen and to call into question my continued use of the platform because this is flatly bad. And with both of those rights allowed to survive, I think we're getting into a space where the new CEO might well be exerting his influence as of day one. It's a little bit odd, but he might be, or this might've already been in the offing and things are about to get a lot worse.
This has been Virtual Legality for today. If you enjoy these conversations about the business and law of technology, pop culture, video games, and more, please consider supporting the channel at Patreon or otherwise. Otherwise, just subscribing, telling your friends, talking about these things on forums, on posts. Post this on Twitter. I want to see retweets on Twitter. Maybe add a photo of your favorite person in the background that doesn't want to be on Twitter. Put those up there. Let me know how it goes. Otherwise, if you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. If you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.